this is still new to me. Good. I think that's the place to go. So, five minute timer. Good, hard day? Yeah, I'm getting some sun. Alright. Second day on the roof. Tearing off, tore off, tore off today and yesterday. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, now that I bought this door, yeah. it says easy hang installation. I'm thinking, how hard could it be? Yeah, I should do it just do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of paying Brian to do it. Tools recommended. I don't anticipate it's going to take him much time, which is actually why I'm having him do it. Because he's going to be working on the thresholds. So it's like, because I, well, I had a conversation with him recently, and I was like, yeah, this is, this is, you know, it was really clear. It's like, I want, if you can fix a threshold, I want you to fix it. And then if you come to do that, hang the door. You know. Oh, but you can't do it. Yeah, you couldn't do it by yourself anyway. Couldn't hang the door by myself? <laughs> two people recommended. Yeah, two people that. recommended for lifting. I was surprised how heavy that was. Yeah. Those, I think those are pretty nice ones, aren't they? Well, I didn't... I looked at the cheap ones, and I opted... I just looked... Started at the cheap and worked my way up and thought, well, you know, I should get that. If we if we hang it right, it'll work right, and you know, we're probably going to be there a couple more years. Yeah. Um, it all depends on how soon... Where are you putting it? Front... Front, yeah, okay. main front door, and uh, I like it because it's. So I got one of those convenient things that worries me because it's something that can break. You know, why didn't I just get a wooden screen door with a spring? <laughs> you know, like the old houses. You know? Yeah. But it's got this where you push the window and the screen goes yeah. up. We've got that one. Yeah, I think we have probably have the same door. I like it a lot. Yeah, a lot. <clears throat> I, I think we would too because. You know, when you can pull it, and the screen's up higher, so the heat, the hot air goes out yeah. instead of down lower. And Yeah, I like that feature. So the tools they recommend are a fully automatic drill. Gun. A pair of pliers. Uh-huh. <laughs> to make sure. Yeah. Two screwdrivers. Both types of screwdrivers. That's kind of interesting, don't you think? It is. They, they recommend a pair of pliers for what? I don't know. I wonder. It's kind of funny what's fun and what's not when it comes to work. My my nice my ladder at work is about a thirty year old one of those. <laughs> no, it's a it is it is fiberglass, but it's just beat to heck. It's, mm-hmm. it's like been used a lot. And the bottom part of it was kind of busted, and I thought ah, no big deal. But I got up on it where I was needed it to be sturdy, and it was a little wobbly just because of the little. You know, a little split, and you lose a lot of support. So I found a piece of thin angle metal at the shop, cut it off, and and self-tapped it to the ladder, and mm-hmm. now and it just fixed it. You know, yeah. it was a 10, 15-minute job to fix it, but now, now the ladder's better. It's interesting to me with uh, aluminum and fiberglass how they're so strong when, they're, when they have integrity, but when they, when they lose this little bit of shape or get... Cracked in the case of fiberglass that they really aren't worth anything. I know. I mean, it was if you just like right here on the corner. I mean, it was a, it was a maybe an eight, ten inch split, you know, all the way yeah. up here. Yeah. It was like, boy, it doesn't look like much, but the yeah, but the integrity of that leg was just shot mm-hmm. from that little few inches of split. 
funny that way. Yeah. So, I was probably standing on the unOSHA-approved top step or something. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with fiberglass ladders because painting for so many years, like, fiberglass ladders are way better to work on. They're so much more solid. Yeah. Extension ladders. Oh, okay. But they're so much heavier. Oh my god. Oh gosh. Than aluminum. Oh, you know, I aluminum. Never about aluminums that. are you know, we get on it and the thing's bowing clear down and bounces. <laughs> but uh but they're a lot lighter. That's what I have to get up on my two tall two story roof and I have to put it up on the deck. Mm-hmm. Aluminum? Aluminum, yeah, yeah, to get up to the second story. Mm-hmm. And it's like I couldn't imagine if that was heavier. Because it's and it's also I need to be about four inches taller because I'm just shy of the fulcrum. So it's really hard. To get it up because it wants to tip over me. Yeah. <laughs> like if I was just four inches taller, it would. <laughs> we're, we're running up on our ten seconds, but okay. But there's a trick to that. Okay, is and, there? Yeah. Well, when, tell me. when handling ladders, yeah. The natural tendency is to hold it like this. Uh huh. That's the worst way. Okay. If you hold rung and rung like this, it uh-huh. seems like it would be really disadvantageous yeah but, but you have so much control really you can move around yeah i mean it's crazy so do that next okay time. Or, or make you know find a place where you can anchor your okay. one arm and stuff but i'll do that yeah i learned that trick when you know handling 40 foot extension ladders you're always going to be interesting way I mean, I'll, outside I'll the center it. okay belt. cool all right well that was our start alarm so official official you beginning won. yeah welcome to doug and joe talk that's all. That's the least produced podcast on the internet. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, at least for now. At least for now. So, quick check in. I'm clean. I've had my bath. I worked hard. But what are you, wait, what are you saying? Outside. What are you saying? I'm saying. You're in sp- contrast to. <laughs> in contrast to. <laughs> yeah, I'm straight off the roof. So, I'm sunburnt and dirty. And I did stop at a gas station and wash my hands, but you, you can't really tell. Yeah. So. Today, I'm thinking about, oh, I'm thinking about the guy that took down the, the gunman in that whatever it was, I don't know if it was a donut shop or something, I'm also thinking oh, about... Waffle House. Waffle House. I'm also thinking about that kid that's going to probably die in the UK if something isn't done, and I'm, these are just highlights of things that I might, yeah. that are on my mind, yeah. I might talk about, but I'm also going to try to get in the habit of looking up our cigars. So here's what I can remember. I looked it up before I came in. Ecuador, it's the Camacho Ecuador. Of course, we're trying the Camacho collection. And uh, I don't know really what Ecuador means, but I guess we're going to find out because it's Ecuadorian wrapper. And I believe it said it was a Brazilian Matafina binder. And the only reason that matters to me, I don't really know what it means, but I, I've i heard it. Like people are, oh, Matafina binder. It's a good binder. So it's apparently that's a big deal. Okay. And also some of the flavors that a guy suggested I would get out of it. Now, I kind of, sometimes I don't like to hear yeah. suggestions before I smoke it. You, you don't know? like spoilers. Right, right. Yeah. But, you know, I happen to see it, so it's like, uh, um, and it's uh, Ecuadorian and, I think it's Ecuadorian and Dominican. You know, with smartphones, we ought to just have a smartphone with us and... I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I wasn't going to say what I was doing. I wanted to just sound really smart. (laughs) Yeah. But we have the technology. We do. So. Isn't that a great sound? I love that sound. (laughs) So, uh, oh yeah, this is, this is, this is simply put, this is, this is one of Camacho's finest offerings. 
It has the, as you said, topped with a choice Ecuadorian Habano wrapper leaf. So there's where we get the Ecuador. My favorite part so far of this cigar already is the picture of the scorpion on the band, which is just cool. Yeah. I think that's something Camacho does with these labels. Is that I all Camachos, or is that just the Ecuador? It's all of them, I think, okay. have the scorpion. So. Um, oh, and by the way, um, I I'll, I'll, I'm going to say this one thing, because... I saw it, and it's typically can be a negative. It said it, we should expect some pepper. I don't know if it's going to be too peppery or Bring not. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, but some of the other flavors, I'm not going to tell you what they were that I saw that I read, but I'm like, man, I'm looking forward to them. So, hmm. Now, I got a little bit, a little chunk in my mouth as I was licking my cut, which mm-hmm. I do. I guess it's just habit. I don't know if that's etiquette or not. But I didn't get stung by it, Pep, you know, so I don't know that's relevant or not well what from I've, I've always done this and i don't know never heard of anybody else that does it but I, it got started when i was smoking some short filler cigars if you cut a short filler cigar they're they're sh- yeah the leaves are kind of shaved up a little so they'll tend to fall out so mm-hmm. i would dampen it which would kind of make them I stick know. in and stick together but it still helps because there's always a chance of a little shaving coming off even though they're sure. a full leaf i've always done it with premium cigars as well so, wonderful. All right. Time to light, light you know, this thing. I'm going to try to use up my cigar matches here that I never use. I've had for several years. I'll go the butane route today. Okay. You're, you're all showered and classy. So I know. Woo! <laughs> I'm going with the butane. Now it's going to take me quick, two quick and dirty. to toast this. That's I, I like toasting, so that's actually why I like lighters, and it's hard to toast yeah. with a match because you burn your finger before... Before you get done. And I, I can say that I've read uh, people smarter than me that, that say make sure when you're lighting with a match, you let it burn a second to burn off yeah, the, the sulfur. Yeah, sulfur taste, mm-hmm. yeah. Why don't you, have, we, have you ever explained on previous episodes of this fantastic show, have you ever explained the toasting process, Doug? Um, I don't know if I have, and I'm not sure that it's a hard, fast rule. But I, but I like it, so I will. I will go ahead and mention it. Um, some people, particularly if you're out in the wind, people like torch lighters, and they light them up and light their cigar really fast. I think it's it, that kind of lends itself to burning the tobacco instead of warming it. Now it is burning. I mean, in the end, but the idea that you can warm it up slowly, um, it's less likely it's going to have an ashy, burnt, bitter taste. At the beginning, and uh, that's probably more opinion than it is expertise, but I think it's correct. Well, I will tell you right now. First puff was sweet and supple, and really mild and nice. Mm. Superbly pleasant. <laughs> <sighs> That's the sound of us just enjoying yeah. the, the first the first uh, puffs on these cigars. I'm not getting <coughs> a little bit of kind of dark chocolate already. Yeah. Getting just a light pepper tingle. Yeah, all over. Yeah, on, on my lips, in yeah, my mouth. Yeah, all over in the mouth. 
Let's, uh, I'm going to crack the door. Get some air. That may be a bad thing. We'll see, because it's hotter outside than it is in the garage. It's all right. It's not too hot. But, um, of course, I've been on a roof all day, so... so yeah, it, uh, <laughs> everything's going to be cooler. Yeah, everything's here. cooler already, yeah. I was in the sun outside, but it was really nice and breezy where I was. You know, i gotta say, I got to say, Doug, this might be a, a personal comment to be putting out to the worldwide internet, but I, you're getting some sun. More than I remember you ever getting. I, can, I see your your neck is turning red. What what do we do? <laughs> Working outside more than I used to. <laughs> oh. Oh. Let me put it, Go ahead. I'm a little out of shape, so exor- I don't exercise as much as I used to anyway. But switching jobs, like I don't feel like I have to exercise near as much now because yeah. I don't have an office job. If you work as hard, yeah. Yeah, we were dragging a. We're we're doing a roof and. We don't usually do roofs. We're usually building something or trimming something, you know, make whatever. But roof, hey, you know, roof job comes, you take it. And we were dragging uh, some shingles and tear off. We had, they were tearing off three layers of shingles, which is just tough anyway. Yeah. It's physical work, and it's hot. And and then we're dragging, you know, tarps. We put tarps on the ground. The old shingles fall on. We're dragging them and lifting them. And somebody made the comment yesterday, CrossFit, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> get a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know and it's it's there's some truth to that. Oh, for sure. Ah, oh, man, I, it might just be my mood because I worked hard today and I'm tired and ready for some enjoyments. But this cigar is amazing. I'm happy with the start. So, yeah, enjoy. Um, yeah, enjoy the fruits of your labor. I think I have a brick on this door from somewhere. You know, this isn't necessarily for the podcast. It's just my personality. I have a penchant for narrating. <laughs> I'm going to get up and put a brick in the yeah, door. It's, <laughs> it's good. It makes good. It's good for what we're doing. So, but it's it, fine. it worked really fun with with kids. I actually had a, a voice rehab therapist that works with children sometimes, saying, "Oh yeah, if you when your kids are young, if you narrate to them." Like it's really good. It kind of helps them know what's coming, what's going on. They learn Process to talk. Things. Yeah, they learn to talk. They hear you talk. You know, <clears throat> I think I think there's so much validity to that beyond just um, what was she? What kind of therapist was she? Like a voice rehab. Voice therapist. rehab. Okay. Well, there's there's a, there's something that I've noticed, and I don't know if this is a if this is an actual trend or just maybe a trend with people that I'm associated with, but. Seems like I guess you could you could call them millennials or this kind of up and coming generation. There's a general lack of engagement with process. Mm. Seems like a lot. I mean, we've had talks before, Doug, about how process is such a such a part of who we are meant to be, who what we're meant to be about as humans. But but even in a in a like a workflow and type of situation, or or any kind of productivity situation, it seems like. Kids have a hard time these days with the idea of thinking about the process, what's happening, what we just did, what's happening now, what must logically come next, type of things. Now, working in construction, it's a little bit more evident, perhaps, but I see a general disengagement with... I've always been the kind of guy, if we're doing something, what's logically going to be the next thing, I want to be kind of thinking about that, and it it's made me a productive person in all kinds of different trades, but... I notice these days it seems like you tell somebody to do something or 
you know, you're doing something with someone and they just are totally oblivious to whatever they, whatever's coming next. Or where, what, this individual task, the place that it holds in this process. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, I want to talk about pictures in a second. Mm-hmm. It's kind of stored in the back of my brain, but, um. We're actually, it, you know, at 51 years old, I think I was 51 on my birthday, if I remember right. Um, when was your birthday? February. Okay. Um, the, what, when it comes to process, I've, I've always loved process. And one of the interesting things at 51 years old, and my wife quite a bit younger than me, we're coming, in our life, we love, like, acquiring our food, cooking our food. We don't hardly, we hardly ever buy things that are prepared. Um, it's, and it's actually made us appreciate the prepared things more, but we've actually got to the point where it's like, holy crap, if you actually grow and slightly process and store and then cook and then eat your own food, it's like, whoo, it's a lot of work. It is. You know, sometimes it's like, dang, I just, let's just buy some convenient food, you know? Um, but I think it's way healthier and we, we love it, but, but we are thinking, wow, it's with three kids, it's like. Just well, for sure. Pull out the freaking goldfish, you know. <laughs> yeah, chicken nuggets. Yeah. They're, yeah, whatever. I, I could go on a rabbit trail about chicken nuggets, but... Yeah. Yeah. But, uh... So, have you ever run into people, and this is the photo thing, that will refuse, like, they're probably not consciously thinking, but they refuse to tell you something with words, oh, let me just, let me just get you a picture of it. Let me show you a picture. Like... My boss sometimes yeah. <clears throat> will be like, "Oh, I'll, I'm going to run over to Fox. I'll just I'll take a picture of what I want you to do." It's like, you know, it's like, it, it, first of all, it doesn't help me to show me a picture. It's like, just tell me what you want done. I'll, you know, I'll figure it out. Um, but there's a story I don't think we've ever. T- I don't think I've ever talked about on the podcast. It happened a couple of years ago, and it surprised me because I got to set the tone here. Straight A student, 4.0. He might have been the valedictorian, but I can't remember. Would have been close with the Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Rotary Club. Mm. He came to us. A lot of kids applied. To, you know, maybe six kids applied for a scholarship to be a foreign exchange student. Mm. We picked him. One of the things he had to do is come back and give the club a report. It's like there's really no, there's no, you know, there's no requirements. You you get it, you get it. He could have been a foreign exchange student and just said, hey, I had a great time. Right. But you know, he comes back. We have a technological issue. You know, he spent, what, three to six months overseas. He comes back. We have a technological issue at the club. So it's like, he, well... He I, has a technological issue with his we, presentation. We, we, okay. we do. Okay. We, our equipment wasn't working right. He was fine with his equipment. And I was like, I'm sorry, we're not going to be able to show your photos. He's like, oh, you can't show my photos. Fo- if I don't have any photos, I don't have anything to talk about. Mm-hmm. Four, I think you've told me this story okay, before. Maybe, but you yeah. haven't told right. our audience. Look, so. g- just yeah. the thought of that... If I yeah. don't have my photos, I have nothing to talk right. about. Right. And so, in the moment, I, I didn't panic because of him. I'm just like, that is a ridiculous thought, but that is that is a 4.0 senior yeah. that we're raising in our culture today. So, in, in the moment, I was kind of like, okay, get yourself together. This is a young person. You know how to talk to young people. Encourage him. And I'm like, hey, listen, you know, it's just us. We sent you. We just want to hear what you're just why don't you just tell us a few things, we'll ask questions, and we'll just kind of go back and forth, keep it real informal, and it kind of calmed him down. Mm-hmm. And he gave him like a, he was like over time, like 25, 30 minute presentation. And he was surprised that he gave a presentation, that he could give that presentation without photos. Yeah. It's like, what's happening to our culture? 
You know, <clears throat> okay. I want to advocate for him just a minute. Okay. Okay. But you're right. I'm, I'm not. Con I'm not saying you're not right. But I want to advocate for him just a little bit because I think maybe what happens to a lot of people, and maybe in that particular case, probably what freaked him out, or maybe what freaked him out is what is that his plan had totally changed. And that good, can be good point. That yeah. can be pretty yeah. nerve wracking when right. you're going in front of people that you respect and who who you feel like you owe something to. Maybe in that case. Good point. So, and I, and I, you and I would get frazzled too if suddenly our note we went to go speak <laughs> somewhere and our notes weren't coming up. And oh yeah, we're capable. Yeah. We're totally capable of speaking to somebody for half an hour. But <laughs> when when your rug gets pulled out from under you, it's a totally hard thing. But <clears throat> so, but yeah, and, but I think in a general sense, you're totally right that we are, have become so dependent on the image. Our imaginations have have become a little bit atrophied in that regard. Well, one thing, if I'm not interrupting, I don't think I am. No, I, I, do, want, I do want to go back to your <coughs> photograph idea, but we can... Yeah, let me, let me finish with a short comment um, about... Cause Tracy and I talked about, with our girls, and, and Tracy, we, there's a little bit of tension. She wants to let them watch way more TV than I do. I'm like, zero TV until they're five. But that's a, that's our own personal struggle. But, the, but we have had a conversation that the more images you put in front of someone, the less their mind has to work to create images. Right. That's why reading is so cool, because not only do you he are you hearing it and almost sometimes saying it as you're reading, but you're also creating an image in your brain. When you watch a movie, you're not creating the image that's already there. It short circuits. Right. It goes straight into your brain and yeah. forms that image for you, which is... Robbie Zacharias, I, I remember him... This is my, my weekly or my... Obligatory Ravi Zacharias. Oh, all right. <laughs> but <clears throat> talked about, and this that's actually a topic that I would like to really expound on someday about about how images are actually damaging our imagination. Mm. I like, you know, I liken it to these. Um, well, if okay, if you've ever watched a film that was based on a classic book, and okay, so let's use just like Lord of the Rings, maybe that's by J.R.R. Tolkien. It's a, this is a classic book. This is totally a classic book. It's timeless. Since it's been written, it's been it's, it's known all over the place. Now, if you saw the films where Elijah Wood plays Frodo Baggins, then when you read the book, your mind is going to see, no matter how Tolkien describes him in the book, your mind is going to see Elijah Wood. And, yeah. and that, that constructive process of your, that your imagination is supposed to do has been stolen. I, you know, as a, as a pastor, I really don't like, or just as a Christian and a guy in general, rather, I don't want to just pigeonhole myself in that, but like, I don't, I'm, I am against these made-for-TV or these movies that are made about biblical stories. I think they're cool. I mean, I'm glad that they're paying homage to these, to these biblical stories, but I feel like there's a reason why God told his story in an age... <laughs> There's a reason why God told his story in an age where we couldn't film it and take pictures and record it. I feel like imagination is an integral part of what it means to be human, is that we are supposed to use our imagination to construct and to to participate in the story as it's being as it's being told to us. And I feel like as soon as we watch a film where Jim Caviezel is Jesus, when then it it steals the image of what Jesus w was, you know, in our minds, and yeah. it, it it really short circuits a process. I think that God instilled in people 
I'm real wary of anything like that. Yeah. Um, and the flip side of that is, and we can get back to your photos mm-hmm. thing that you want to do in a minute, unless this is it. But the, no, flip, the flip side of it is, when you have a culture that's so dominated and so expects it, sometimes mm-hmm. you can bring the scriptures to life by showing them. Sure. And, and I've done, and actually one of the things that I find a little more fun than a video, because it, it might kind of help do both, but when you, when you can print out a script, if you're actually, if it's a yeah. biblical narrative. Like a dramatic. Yeah, and there's, yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. like three characters yeah. and, a, and a narrator. Yeah. Just get four people to yeah. read the parts. Yeah. Sometimes that adds a little bit of something. It to totally it. does. And I've, I've, I have made this a practice when I go, when I'm speaking, actually. I like to retell the, narrat- the narr- narrative, retell the story as real people would have experienced it. I, did, I recently spoke at a community Good Friday service, and that was the whole message was built around, let's imagine ourselves as we are the people now that just watched Christ be crucified. We followed him, we cheered his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, blah, 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 you know, on, on down the line. And it was amazing, it was totally amazing, people's response when they actually were forced to notice the humanity in the story, and when they were drawn in to imagine, imagine what it really would have been like to be one of these people. And we, I, I don't know. We can show a film. We can read the story. But I think that when we actually do the work of imagining and incorporate that in, and whether we're talking about something of faith or whether we're talking about something of, you know, I'm going to tell you what I want built and let's imagine it together and get it, you know, formulate something. I just feel like that that's such a, we're losing it. We're losing it, and you know, it's scary to me. Well, one thing that's interesting, and this is, when you're reading fiction, a fiction something you haven't read before, um, you're, you're, you just, you pick up a story that you, that, and you read it. If a character is experiencing doubt about something, you don't know the outcome of the book. One of the things that happens in reading particularly biblical narrative or in a church service to Christians, they do know the end. Right. So it's really hard. They miss that part of the experience. Yeah, it's hard for them to say, oh, these people that love Christ, believed he was the Messiah, are all of a sudden like, okay, wait, he's crucified. Was that really what was supposed to happen? Are we wrong? Was he not the Messiah? Right. And that's, that, yeah. people miss that whole yeah. part. <laughs> it's so important to the story. Yeah, yeah. But briefly... I mean, we kind of got philosophical. We did. That's okay. (laughs) Back to, okay. So you're right. We've we've gotten to this cycle now where pictures are almost everything, and we have these real. uh, Most people. (laughs) I love you too, Fia. You know, this this is what makes this is what makes the podcast absolutely great. We're not insulated in a in a soundproof room or anything like that. Um. Ben Shapiro never had his kids screaming in the background on his <laughs> podcast. See? That makes us better. <laughs> We're real. <laughs> um, no, but... Okay, the age-old saying, right? A picture is worth... A thousand. A thousand words. And... Okay, so we get that, and pictures are valuable. You just lost your eyes. I did. That was. I feel like that was a little early. Yeah. I've been talking too much. You've been working on your cigar too hard. <laughs> I, I have been, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Go ahead and finish your thought. But, but uh, let yours go out. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, <clears throat> language. So, along with imagination, language is something we're losing too when we become dependent on pictures. And and 
But yet, I see the value. If somebody shows me a picture of something they want built, it's way easier to build it to what they have yeah. in their mind. Yeah. Whereas if they're just a poor communicator and they communicate, if they don't quite get to, you know, if they if they uh, short, they don't tell me accurately what they want because they're in, inadequate with words. Well, then pictures are awful nice in that regard. And that's where I have to give my boss a little a, a little a little bit of, a little bit of leeway because sometimes. He and I don't communicate really well, and it's better if he shows me a picture. So because my ash fell off, I kind of want to give an update, and I've, mm-hmm. I've done a couple things on the cigar here. Um, so, oh, oh, okay. So, I, I love you too. I, um, I don't care if the ash is long or short. Um, sometimes it, it, it's probably more that the type of tobacco than it's, you know, a short filler is going to fall off faster, a long filler... You know, they, it's kind of an elegant thing. If it, if it holds on for at least a third or longer, it's supposed to be a big deal. I'm more <laughs> concerned about the taste, but it did fall off seemingly early, an inch maybe. Yeah, I don't, had I don't even <clears throat> know if mine was an inch, yeah. honestly. But, so, I took, I did the real hard draw once to see how it affected the flavor, because I knew we'd been talking, mm-hmm. and we'd been drawing kind of, kind of slow and letting it rest. The hard draw made it really earthy, which... Um, it was, it's still rich. It's earthy, rich, and oily, which I like, but it was mm-hmm. less sweet. The slower draw is, is I'm getting a little more dark chocolate and a little more yeah. sweet. So I'm playing with it right now to try and figure out how mm-hmm. I want to draw on it. But yeah. it's, it's definitely earthy, but in the earthy ones that aren't quite as sweet as I like, if they're oily and not dry, I still really like them. They get that deep tobacco. And yeah. This isn't as spicy as I was expecting, and I'm glad. Cause no, I don't, I don't like so what's your update? Um, well, okay, so I, in my long spiel right there, I had my cigar laying down on the bench here, and immediately, so it cooled off, and as soon as I took that first puff, you were talking, and sure enough, I got that sweet, dark chocolate, so I'm thinking this is a slow, this is a slow, this is a slow smoke, to me, at least, because I like the sweet, sort of sweet chocolate. I do too, and when I heated it up, it, it, it got yeah. more earthy, so I'm gonna, we're gonna relax with mm-hmm. this one here. Mm-hmm. Which is perfect for it's the day. Exactly perfect. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter that I'm clean and fresh smelling, and you're all sweaty. <laughs> the fact is, we're done with our day. <laughs> well, you probably smelled worse when you got home from work. Oh, I, I'm sure I smelled worse. <laughs> Working on the pig farm. So <clears throat> anyway, all right. So cigars doing great. Um, you want to do some current event stuff? There's some. That's yep. Really neat stuff. Let's let's start with the. Let's start with the. Uh, the, we might jump. The, the gun thing is the general, but the, the guy that took down the shooter in the Waffle House. <clears throat> okay, I am a little bit. I haven't had a lot of time to listen to this, but so from what I heard, there was a guy in there that like went hand to hand with this guy. Is that what happened? He he got shot. Uh, if what what I heard, this is what I think are the facts. He hid behind something. Because the, the guy shot in, in the window first, right? He was outside. The way I heard it, the guy shot from outside, like shot into the windows, and then went inside and started shooting people. Is that right? Um, or maybe. I mean, maybe at least maybe. those All I know is this guy, and I heard this guy wow. talk. He hid behind something that he thought was going to shield him, and, and the guy shot through it, and it gra- he said, I think it grazed my arm. Like He wasn't sure Like when he was sharing the details. He said, I think it grazed my arm, but he said, I just thought at that point... Someone's got to stop him. So yeah. he he went and basically um, ran towards the guy, grabbed the gun, and threw it. 
and got it away from it and threw it. But actually, um, his hands are now bandaged because he, he, the gun was hot. So he grabs the barrel of this hot gun and throws it, burns his hand, and kind of, I don't know if he wrestled the guy to the ground it, after that. It was a pistol, I think. I, I thought it, I didn't think so. I thought it was some kind was it of a rifle? Was some it? kind of rifle. I might be oh. wrong, but whatever. He burned himself, so yeah, and he disarmed dude the guy. Awesome. It's like yeah, that's a that's a that's a hero. Do that's you, a man. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Do you know how many people were injured or killed in that? I no, know. because I didn't hear a lot of the. I didn't listen to a lot of the details and facts. I just kind of heard it okay. as a as a blurb on a on a podcast and haven't heard all the all the details. But man, that's a just kudos to that guy. Yeah, seriously. You Do you know, know any more about him? Was he a off-duty police officer or a veteran or just a normal they, dude? They didn't. They didn't say that. Okay. You know, must have just been a guy that liked a Waffle House. For the record, I wish he'd have had a gun. <laughs> there you go. Maybe less people would have got hurt. He might have one now. Yeah. After that, something like that. So, I mean, I get lazy about carrying my pistol. I'm totally legal, but I just don't. But I, you know, if you saw something like that happen one time, or if it happened to somebody that you know, gosh, you'd have it on you all the time, wouldn't you? Yeah, I actually feel like I'm a little bit shirking my responsibility by not, um, not really getting a good carry gun to carry. I, I think I should have one. I think it's, it's a way to be responsible, protect people. Um, my family's protected at home. That's not that's not an issue. But when I'm out. And around, I, I don't carry right now, although I can. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, the the interesting thing, which is this is just silly, but it, I guess it's it guess it's okay to mention because it's silly. I heard that some folks on the left are saying, "See, we don't need a gun now to defend against a gun." <laughs> okay. Okay. Whatever. But, uh, <laughs> I did think it was the the only really. Um, commentary that I've heard about that particular incident was on the radio to and from work or whatever but we went to Wendy's yesterday for lunch you know healthy 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 choice or whatever and they were they had two televisions on one was CNN and one was Fox News in this particular Wendy's restaurant and the F- Fox News channel was talking about Trump meeting with Macron or something, uh, this, new, this state visit and everything, CNN was still covering the Waffle House shooter as if it had just happened. This is like the day after. You know, they were talking, and I, I couldn't hear anything, but I could see the closed captioning scrolling on the screen, and they were talking about... I just had... I almost... I mean, I was laughing in spite of... I was laughing inside, because they were talking about how he had more than one gun in his at his house, and how that was just make, that made him... Obviously, an evil guy. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh man, they're just they're just getting they're squeezing every last drop of go they can out of this thing. I mean, I I, I shouldn't laugh. It's a terrible situation, obviously, but yeah. still, it's just it amuses me to watch their their desperation to try to paint guns and gun owners as just horrible people. You know, in a world where we're, where unfortunately. We are becoming tremendously polarized. That is mm-hmm. one. I do think that is one issue that's that is bringing us back together. Yeah, um, I do too. Because the, the the people that are far left on gun control are just they're they're small. Mm-hmm. I mean, they and, and surely I, you know what? I always like to give the benefit of the doubt to someone who 
like I might consider my opponent or kind of kind of against me. So a leftist that wants to take everybody's guns away would definitely be against me, opposed to me. But it's like surely they have to be smart enough to know that they're in the minority, right? I mean, they've got to know that. They have to. <clears throat> I mean, because uh, but well, there's no <laughs> doubt that they are in the minority. But whether they believe they're in the minority, I don't know. That's I don't tough. Know. Because there's, go ahead. What were you gonna say? I just, because I know hardcore conservatives and hardcore Democrats, and both of them are like, "Don't yeah. take, don't take my guns." You know, it's like. <laughs> I think that, to a large degree, some of the extreme, uh, take the gun, take the guns, people, mm-hmm. believe wholeheartedly that they are part of some new enlightened generation, that. Knows that knows better than everybody else, and I think that they consider that majority enough. Like that, there's a consensus. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same people that tell us there's a consensus about global warming, or there's a consensus. Well, consensus what doesn't mean a whole lot if the facts all say the opposite. Yeah. Well, and it does seem like, and this might be getting too deep and philosophical. I am glad we have a timer. I accidentally yeah. set that timer, but we actually. Well, no, I I pushed oh, it to you? start. Okay, yeah, we're, it's probably about five minutes more than that, or so. Okay. Um, the interesting thing is that um, I think we are in. God, there's two sides to this. It like freaks me out to even talk about it. The fact that we're in, we're at a time in history where like each group has their own facts. Yeah, it's scary, isn't it? <clears throat> it is, and because, because I I think it's it's the time where eventually we're going to have to. I hope it forces us back to looking at what what rights are. Because I don't think you can force someone to accept your science. I think a human right, truly, a, a true human right, doesn't trump science. I mean, I mean, does trump science. So if someone tries to take science and say, look, this is true, this is a fact, we're proving it, it does not trump a person's human right. Now, I might be wrong, or I might have it twisted a little. Well, okay, so let's apply that to abortion. Okay. Some, the people on the left, um, some people on the left, assert that it is a woman's reproductive right to abort a a growing child in the womb. Now, science now has proved that that's a person. But, okay, so, but it's back to your rights, because that, then that, if that's a person, then they have rights. So, the, 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 they converge here a little bit, maybe in a well, if special we, way. Well, if we didn't have science, okay, or let's say, all the science we had, let's go back, I don't know how long we'd have to go back, 20 years, 50 years, and we didn't have science, to say that it was a person. Um, you could say that it's the parent's right to decide what happens to that child. We don't know it's a person at that point in history, so the, we don't know that that person has rights. Now, I, I, I don't know, uh, scientifically, we don't know okay. that it's a person, we don't know that, but mm-hmm. at that point, <clears throat> you could still say, uh, someone could still say, wait, we believe that it's a person. Mm-hmm. And so, just because there isn't science to prove it's a person doesn't matter. If it's a person, it has rights. Sure. And that's where the argument should be. Does that, if it's a per, is it a person? And at some point you have to, 
I mean, that's what that's, that's what people do. That's what societies do. They have to figure that out. But I don't want someone saying, and, and I think we've mentioned this before, that um, the, the science of medicine trumps my, and now we're going into the, the little kid over in the UK, the science yeah. of medicine doesn't trump those parents' right to decide what to do with their child. Yeah. Is, I don't know much about that issue. Is it, does it have to do with the fact that the state is responsible for the medical care? Is that, is it been, is it been a death panel type of thing where this person now is, we're, we no longer can allocate government resources to try to save this person? Is that the, is that the debate that's... Um, in this case, the way I understand it, no, because the people aren't demanding that they pay for it. They're just saying, we want to take our kid to Italy. We'll pay for it. Get this other treatment. But and in their health care system, isn't it up to the state? I, I suppose that's the question. Isn't that the problem? I think that's the debate. I, I don't think it's the problem. I think it's the, yeah, that's the problem. But, but so what? I mean, what if it wasn't the state? What if it was a whole bunch of people throwing a fit saying, you can't take your kid to Italy? It doesn't matter who it is. You see what I'm saying? Because I wanted I want to kind of strip back to the principle. It doesn't matter who's doing it. Whether it's you, whether it's the state, whether it's the grandparents, whoever's doing it, those parents have the right to decide. Yeah. Now the thing I think they should. Now do I don't know if they do You're right. in that legally in that right case, but in other words they're I agree with the morality of it. They have know. they have the right, mm -hmm. but the state has stripped them of yeah. those rights, which is wrong. You got it. So that, that's what I wanted to get back to. And, and, and then the, the interesting thing I wanted to talk about, and this is where I wish, uh, wish Ben Shapiro was here with us. Um, because That'll he, probably never happen. It probably, might. It might. It'd be really cool. <laughs> um, he, was, he was drawing a line, and he did it rather subtly, and he didn't, he, he didn't labor. He wasn't la laboring this issue. But he was saying, they're not, the parents aren't saying, we don't want the treatment. We want to let our child die. They're saying, you're telling us to let our child die. We want to get our child in treatment to let him live. And he was drawing a line, which I don't think matters. And that's, that's actually what I wanted to talk about with you. to what's, see what's the, What line is he drawing? Yeah, he's saying, if, the, if the, it was, the tables were turned and the state was saying, um, you have to give your child this treatment, and they were saying, no, we do not want to give our child that treatment. We want to let our child live the life that he has. I think, now I don't want to put words in Mitch's mouth, it sounded like he was implying that if that was the case, then the baby has a right, the, the, the young boy has a right to life that the parents are denying him. And I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think that's true, because they're not denying him the right to life. They're actually giving what him... type of life? Exactly. That decision of it's scary. Where, it's mm. scary to let the government into any of these decisions, and that's and that's why I man I hate the idea of the government being involved with any kind of health care. I mean, I can understand making laws against. I can almost understand people making laws against obvious malpractice things. You know where you're. You know people. Having kids drink mercury, thinking that it's going to do, you know, 
do something positive. I, but you know, so, I mean, protect protect us, provide for the common welfare, somewhat. I mean, like I think there could be an argument made in some cases. But I, I'm leery about the government being involved in any kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm enough of a I'm enough of a kind of a libertarian and a free market person, and also, and I feel safer for some reason. So tell me if my safety is unwarranted. But I feel safer in a world where information can travel like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what if you're a parent and you think, well, I. I have the right to let my child drink mercury. I think it will cure their cold. You know what? Um, yeah, maybe one kid out of 4.4 trillion will die. But the likely, but even then, the information is going to travel so fast, we don't need that protection. Right. Because as soon yeah. as you get the protection that's saying you can't give your kid mercury, then it's you can't teach your kid about creation because so, that's damaging to isn't your kid. it curious to you <laughs> oh, get me irritated it, it's curious to me that it's the same people trying to take over our choices in medicine and parenting and it's the same exact people that are doing that that also want to prohibit the free flow of information <laughs> oh that's funny regulate the I internet I thought of that regulate the internet so. <laughs> oh my gosh it's the same people it's the same gosh. people that's I had I hadn't thought of that. That's it's actually creepy. funny and creepy. It's super creepy. <laughs> oh goodness, my word. <sighs> yeah, and and the thing is, I do I do just see the giant bureaucracy tangled up in stuff that's none of their business. Yeah, and and it's really totally outside their mandate. It is, <clears throat> and I'm just you know, I just think okay, so I want to. Give my kid mercury to cure the cold, and then my friend Joseph says, hey, that might not be a good idea. Oh, yeah, you're right. Maybe it isn't. Okay, maybe I won't do that. Maybe I'll research it a little bit. Yeah. That, that's, that's nobody else's business. I mean, God forbid some kid... I don't want some kid dying because their parents give them mercury, but, but this... Yeah. <sighs> well, but see, <clears throat> and we, we can't be naive in our conversation. There have been plenty of times in history... Where governments have not only advocated but even mandated things that have caused mass damage. Yeah, I've been right. Yeah, wrong. So, yeah. so it's not like they have monopoly on what's right and truth. They're wrong just as much as the average person is. Yeah, and you've heard me say that the illusion of safety. Yeah. You, you know, it's like, and and that's and and the, your ash fell off again on your wrist, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you got a sunburn though. Maybe that. Yeah, it might have something to do with it. So. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, um, I probably need to take a breath. Why don't you? Why don't, your ash fell off. Why don't you give an update, and then I'll give an update. What do you I'm think? just, I'm, pro, I'm, I think I'm like, a, as far as the cigar goes, I'm kind of riding the line between smoking this too fast and 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 just right. I'm smoking it too fast, I think, but but I'm still really enjoying it. The, it's been consistent. I don't haven't noticed any big changes or anything like that. It's still getting a good sweetness, and it's earthy when it's hot. It's Sweet and it's cool. It's not wowing me, but it's it's pleasant. It's yeah. I, I like it, and I, I see why it. I see why it was like kind of supposed I mean, to be one of the good ones. I'm enjoying the foot smoke too. This the smell and the sort of yeah, it's just it's nice. One of the it's things that's super fun is to, and I give you permission if you're ever in town a day after we smoke a cigar. Mm. Just walk oh. walk into my garage yeah. and smell it. It's amazing how good it smells yeah. um, when we're smoking a good cigar. Um, yeah. But I just 
nice incense, you know, <laughs> and it sticks in the garage because I don't have it open in here very often. Can you call it a garage if you never park a car in it? Sure. Okay, I'm just checking. Sure, I think so. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm still you're not... free to do that, Doug. All right, I'm glad. <laughs> and I'm I'm getting a hint of sweet. I like the thing I like about this is the the oiliness, and that's that's yeah. something I like. I don't like. It's not drying smoke. me out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I I could handle more sweetness, but I don't want I don't for this cigar I don't want artificial when I want artificial sweetness I want it you know. Is this the one that I was telling you the other day? I hope it has a sweet too. No, what one was what that? What was that? I forgot. I think that was when we didn't when we didn't record. What did we smoke that day? But I agree that one that one would have tasted really good with a way better with a sweet tip on it. Yeah. What the heck was it? Did we smoke the? I think I wrote it down. I think I made a note yeah. of it somewhere. I don't remember. We should we should like take notes so we can look back. Just and have a little notebook. And just flip back there. Oh yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they they really we'll hear the pages. We really need to do that. <laughs> that needs to happen before yeah. the next time. Yeah, we do. That'd be a good idea. So, oh, goodness gracious. <clears throat> so, the, and, and let me let me say for the record, and I want I want to say this, and partly because it's, it's recorded, but partly because I just I like challenging my own. I like letting my own beliefs be challenged. I will admit that people are going to make mistakes. Parents will make, if you don't, I mean, with or without government regulation, people are going to make mistakes. And so this idea when they say, when I say, oh, we shouldn't have that regulation. Well, we have to protect. No, no, no we don't. We don't have to. People are going to make mistakes either way. In fact, if you have a government regulation that you can't feed your kid mercury to cure the common cold or whatever, People it, are going to do it anyway. People, some people There's might do people it. People doing yeah. it today, right now. Yeah, crap. Now that we mentioned it, think somebody's going to do it. <laughs> don't. No. Okay, this is a legal disclaimer. Yeah. Do not, <laughs> do not feed your kids mercury. We don't think that's for heaven's sake. <laughs> Gosh. Um, Did you know that? So, uh, Alice Wonderland. Who's the author? Uh, Carol. Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll. The Mad Hatter. The whole idea of being mad as a hatter. You know that. There was, uh, used to be, way back in the old days, they, hatters, you know, they had these hatteries where people would make hats, and there was mercury in the glue, really, or, or something, and they used mercury to form these hats, and they would get mercury, and they would poison their brains and make them go crazy, so there was this saying, mad as a hatter. Wow. So the hatter, because you made a lot of hats, that glue, I the, the mercury got into them and just made them crazy, yeah, eat their brain. So don't use or take. My ass just fell off in my lap. Yeah, this this is a, so far, mm-hmm. this has been a little bit of a, a, a an aggre- this these cigars have been aggressive toward us. They They've tried to hurt us <laughs> with the ash falling off, so keep it over a safe place. Yeah, it's, uh, it does drop off early. Um, and just, and look at the, look at the burn. Mm-hmm. Getting proud that I'm keeping my cigars at the right humidity. Because yeah. there have the last one we smoked was just a smidge, probably dry. just a little bit. Um, at least the exterior was mm-hmm. the, in, which so it coned, it didn't tunnel. But this one is beautiful. But the, but the ash on these have not been mm-hmm. long at all. Mm-mm. They've been three quarters of an inch yeah, at most. Two an inch, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. yeah. No 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 two three inches on this one, and that's fine. Just be just just be prepared for it when mm-hmm. it falls off. It's definitely worth it. So that has to do with the, the filler. Probably. Well, it's not that it's sh- it's not falling off because it's short filler. There's probably just a particular just a, like a, tobacco, a daintier th- yeah. leaf 
something? Maybe. More friends? I'm, I'm assuming that. I'm, I don't yeah. know that for a fact. One could assume. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a generalization that long, premium cigars, long fillers, are, the ash will stay on longer because the, mm-hmm. it's a whole leaf inside. Right. right. All the leaves are whole leaves. It's neat to see people roll them. Mm-hmm. See them pack them together. You know, and gosh, it, it it would be really fun to try to roll one sometime and just see, like, I would probably, because I know my personality, I would tend to try to get it so perfect, I would pack it way too tight, and you wouldn't yeah. be able to draw yeah. at all through it, you know. Which we really, speaking of the t- different types of tobacco and rolling cigars and stuff, um, I don't know if we've mentioned it on the on the podcast or not, but there is actually a tobacco farm in Iowa that we're actively planning to go visit. And, you know, I just thought of this now, but... We should shoot a little video while we're there and post it yeah. for for anybody that's interested on our on our website. That'd be fun. I never think of extras because yeah, like, we should just do it. We're fun. working so hard just to do this once a week. We don't always, <laughs> no. don't always do that. Life is hard. If I think our, our I think our audience will identify with the fact that life is just hard. So we, it's sometimes hard to get together. Yeah. Um, we we don't talk about draw enough either. This is this is. I think this is a perfect draw. Me too. I'll second that. Yeah. Not too loose, not too tight. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just right. <sighs> oh, by the way, I found a... After we bought this collection of six or whatever we bought of Camacho, I actually found a collection of like ten, but I think there's one or one, one duplicate in it. But it's like a way bigger collection which would have been cool to get but we didn't but they had a candela which is like green you know that's where the, the candelas are when the, the leaves are not completely ripe when they have kind of a okay kind of an interesting interesting taste are they really full of nicotine i mean are they stronger because you, i mean you'd think they would be <clears throat> you know i i don't know i don't i i, I don't think i think what yeah, i actually think more time in the sun no it, i don't know if it's more time in the sun makes them more nicotine, or where where they pluck the leaves from the plant. Like it might be the high the high primings might have more nicotine, the low primings might have less. I can't remember. I don't know that the ripeness, but I do know that Maduro more or less means ripe. So when you're getting a Maduro wrapper, that's a that's a more ripe. That and that, uh, that's are they stronger cigars, Maduro? That's generally yes but it's also kind of a misnomer that if they're if the tobacco is aged right that has more to do with if it's too too strong or, or whatever okay. you age it right i mean just like just like with scotch you age it well you know some are smooth substance aged well is going to taste way smoother than something that's not aged very long gotcha so that that has more to do but you know people think darker cigars are are stronger and maybe at one time in history that was the case, but now that things are so all over, all over the charts, you know, you'll get a really dark cigar that's super mild. I just had an idea. Okay. Okay. So how many? What, what number episode is this? Eight, nine, something some, like that. Something close in that. To 10, okay. Yeah. Getting close to ten. I think we should issue, and we're having a business meeting right here on the on all the right. podcast. All right, that's okay. Sure, sure. I think we should we should do a little bit of a challenge or a contest that we should send a free cigar. Can we do that legally? Can we send somebody a cigar? Do you care? <laughs> <laughs> I think that the first person that writes in and asks us a a, a legitimate cigar or any kind of good question, we send them. A, a, a cigar. Oh, that's, yeah, 
The first, our sure. first contact from our oh, audience. That would be neat. Or it's something I like special. It. I like the idea. Okay, so the first person, we'll, we'll have to remember to repeat that offer. Or maybe not. Maybe this is the only time we will. Maybe. I don't know. And if we get <laughs> if we get in any legal trouble, we won't do it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little contest for fun. Because you're our friends and we want to share our fun with you. So first person to write in, or just to comment with a question or email with a question, we'll send you a fun cigar. Yeah. yeah. Fun, that's great. Because there it is. That's right. Because you know, I think I think our most listened to podcast had like three listens, but I think they were all mine. <laughs> <laughs> There's things we can do to remedy that. We'll try to do that. It is fun though um, to listen to your own podcast and be like, "Yeah, gosh, gosh well, that was good. That was good, or that was. <laughs> oh, I didn't sound very good there. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's fun. I think the only one I listened to very much was the one when. Uh, Bryce came down. Cool. Yeah. It was fun. He's a, he's an eco. I like Bryce. Yeah. Hey, cutie, how are you? <laughs> oh man. Well, surely we haven't exhausted all of our topics already, have we? We're getting close to the hour mark, but not too close. No. So the. <clears throat> No, I think those were those were the kind of the high points that I heard about. I'm actually I'm kind of glad that when I clicked on some of the new stuff I was listening to, that I didn't hear any more about combing it. Oh gosh, that guy! It's like it's like if if you're, I guess if you're hardcore on the left, you might like hearing about combing. But it's like I don't even know that. I don't think they do, Doug. Really? Because I like, think he's like a, he's like talking about nothing. Well, he's selling a book and talking about nothing. Did, and from what, the little commentary that I've heard, I man, I'm normally like on the pulse of everything that's going on. But um, from what I gather, the hardcore Democrats are angry with Comey because he reopened the investigation on Hillary, which I don't, I can't really say if it made a difference or not. I don't think it made a difference because I think people generally dislike Hillary Clinton enough that they weren't going to vote for her. But it, they thought that she had it so in the bag that him reopening the case against her or whatever, the investigation, is what, you know, plummeted her chances. It, so the Democrats don't like him either. And the Republicans certainly right now are just, go away, you know? You know, if I, if I was selling a book, it, you know, I'd, I'd, try to, I'd try to promote it too. But it's just like, when you hear him talk, it's like he's speaking in these very nonspecific terms. Like, he's saying nothing... And he's saying it might be or this might be or well may, maybe not. It's like he never he never comes out and says this is exactly this and it's it's just like why are you interviewing him? He's not saying anything. And now we're talking about it, and I'm saying that I was glad I didn't hear anything more about it. You know, it was it was just it was boring to me. Like I almost wanted to like not listen to some news for a while because I was tired <laughs> of hearing about it. Yeah, I, you know I. I know something that we can talk about. We're we're about 45, 50 minutes here, and cigars going well. We're getting into the last, close to the last third. We won't do an update quite yet, but um, somebody said something, and it was just when it hit me. It's like, oh duh, what? I think that, but I've never put it that way. When uh, it might have been Andrew Clavin, and, and he would appreciate me giving him credit if he didn't say it, but I think it was him. <laughs> somebody said when we pass policy. If you're passing a policy at the national level, it needs to be a policy that's good for all Americans. 
And that's interesting because at one point I was thinking, okay, if I'm a Latino American and I have some relatives that I want to be able to come to the United States, then I'd be like, well, I'm an American. I might want to try to pass some laws that's going to make it easy for my relatives to come. But that's not what law at the national level is about. It's not about passing a law so that I can benefit. It's about what's good for all Americans. And so I was trying to be compassionate to people who might be immigrants that have naturalized and now have family that want to come, but, but what is good for all Americans? See, that you touch on something that I feel I feel like is so foundational to what our for our founding fathers were thinking. I don't think they ever imagined that government would get as big as it is today. Because if you take if you have that as your rule, like if we're gonna pass policy, mm-hmm. it's gonna it needs to be beneficial to all Americans, that is gonna be so that is gonna happen almost never. Yeah. yeah. Almost never. <clears throat> and I think probably you're no matter what you pass, it's gonna be detrimental to somebody. So, I mean, you're not going to ever, ever get 100%. But I think that 49% or 23% of Americans benefiting from a particular policy decision is far too low a mark. I think, yeah, I think, you know, I think if we said it needs to, I mean, if we get mathematical about it, we'd say it has to benefit 95 or 97% of Americans or whatever. I mean, it's not, this one's not, okay, you know, this one's not good for the bootleggers and the, and the, pimps, but we're going to pass it anyway. <laughs> you know, you're never going to benefit everybody, but yeah. the mark needs to be a lot higher. We're passing things now that these special interest groups and stuff, I mean, it's benefiting a very, very small, small portion. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're on to something there with that. Yeah, and it was just one of those, why am I, why is this a light bulb for me? And Are it's you, just because I've never, well, and because I think in my heart that's always been what I believe but he put words to it he assumed it yeah I assumed it yeah. but he finally put words to it it's like yeah it has to be beneficial to everybody is there a specific <clears throat> policy that was being talked about I don't think so it could have been immigration because that's just what I went to in my brain but um so I, I don't remember but but gosh that's such a great standard you know and and here here's an interesting thing not just beneficial to all the people living in this country. I don't know what Americans mean, but I assume American citizens when I say that. I think you have to make a distinction. I, I think you do too, yeah. because I don't think when people say Americans, they always mean American citizens. But citizenship has to mean something. I agree. There are some that don't agree with that. I know. But I, yeah, I absolutely think that, that that's a debate that we actually should have, because I think a lot of people don't think about it. I think because if you're born here and you've always been a citizen... You lose you lose tabs on what it on the privileges that you have as an American citizen, but now it's getting kind of diluted to where it's. I think we need to have that debate, and I've heard I've heard some radio hosts recently asking that question: Does it mean anything, or should it mean anything to be an American citizen? I think yes, I think absolutely it should. Well, it's it's just like it's just like anything else. You you actually take away. The you, you actually if you say all people in the world it should benefit all people in the world then it doesn't matter if we're here it doesn't matter if, if we live in this country anymore and it, but 
if you pass something that benefits citizens, that doesn't mean you're against non-citizens. Right. Because you, it actually means you're in, you're in favor of citizens, and then the citizens are free mm-hmm. to do what they want to help the non-citizens. It's like, I, I saw a pastor saying, well, I just think the Bible says we need to reach out to all nations, all races. It's like, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We do. Right. We are supposed to do that. <laughs> and yeah. we can still do that if, as a right. citizen, I get to vote it's and as a, a non-citizen... Choice. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a it's false a, choice. Yeah. And they try to do that all the time. I know. And the thing is, like, <clears throat> I hope that this is, a, this is a fair jump, what I'm about to say. But I've always, I've always kind of had a little bit of a hard time doing the math when it comes to the declarations that have been, that were made in in like the declaration of independence and and even in the the constitution where it talks about all men being created equal and with specific rights life liberty property stuff like that now when you make a declaration like that you're talking about all people and so i think it's funny that we would <clears throat> i mean so you know that raises a lot of questions like how are we going to treat prisoners of war do we think that they were created endowed by their creator with inalienable rights well then we need to mirandize people you know who are who are bad guys you know or whatever our enemies in the truest sense but at the same time that doesn't mean that they qualify for all the benefits of being an American citizen. It means that right. as a human, you have certain things that we're going to treat you as one who bears the image of your creator. Right. All. Go ahead. Keep going. No, go ahead. Jump in. All humans have human rights. American citizens have a few more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's... And, 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 that's, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I have the right as a citizen of the United States to fight for Antonio, who was an illegal immigrant working at Wang's, and I have the right to try to help him get a green card mm-hmm. and to have him get a citizen. If And you know what? If citizens don't have more rights, then why why help him? You know? Then what are you fighting for? Yeah, what, what, what am I... What are you advocating? I'm, yeah, what am I advocating for? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I've been encouraged because recently I've heard, and I haven't taken the time to track down these things that I've heard, but... I've recently heard of that there are no small number of legal immigrants, legal legal immigrants, people who have gone through the work, have done everything required of them to come here legally, do what they needed to do to become citizens, and they're so proud of that. Oh yeah, they're pissed right now. Oh, really? they are so mad <laughs> because because while they love their fellow. People from where they were from, they they've they've gone through the work. Take care of each other, okay? Help help her. Take care of her. <clears throat> you know, I've heard I've heard more than one be pretty upset with what's going on. Yeah, <clears throat> and you'd have to think. And I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but you have to, as best as I could assume, if if I had been naturalized, come into this country, and wasn't just born a citizen. You know, I'd have to think if I was talking to my cousin, I'd be like, hey, I'll help you. I'll show you what I went through. But you know what? I, that, it's a big deal. And it's yeah. a big deal to be a citizen. So, yeah. So it's worth it. Go through the yeah. work. 
Well, you know, the the burden is really on people like you and I that were born here and that are citizens. And I think we understand the 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 burden of citizenship and what it means to be a good citizen. But I think they need to start teaching it again. It used to be a big part of education, you know, yeah. learning how to be a citizen, what your rights are and what your responsibilities that go with those rights are. But now it's just sort of, we got this sort of kumbaya thing going on where we don't talk about what it means to be a, a citizen. I mean, just like, just recently I heard a guy talking about in the Iowa Constitution, according to the Iowa Constitution that you and I live under, every male, this is still the law, okay. every male between the ages of 18 and I think it's 40, no, 30, 46, I think is the, is the number. Every, every male between the ages of 18 and 46, able-bodied, is part of the Iowa militia. Interesting. You're you're you are required by the Iowa Constitution to to be there for Iowa when to protect its border, to protect the borders of our nation, to do this and that. You know, we're part of a militia. And then, well, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I'm too old. Are you still in it? I am. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but I think that that notion would make the men of Iowa better men if they were reminded of that responsibility and held to, held to account for that responsibility instead of instead of constantly trying to erode you know this the power of our citizenship there's power in our citizenship but that's constantly kind of being taken from us you know that we give we, we we give over the more and more and more and more to the government all the time it's making us less yeah, it is. Hmm. We should do an update. Yeah, we're getting about to the... We're getting right up on an hour here. This is... Maybe past. The, this is short. Mine's shorter than yours, I think, by a hair, but it's mine's burning a tad wonky at the end here. But we're definitely getting down. Mine's not getting hot yet, so... Mine is getting a little hot. Is it? Yeah. My, what I mean, the draw. I don't know if... Yeah, my draw's not hot, but my fingers are getting a little warm. Um, so... This has been consistent. It hasn't changed a whole lot. I think it might have mine might have been a tad sweeter at the beginning, but just the, the the oily, nice tobacco feel all the way through it. Maybe a hint of dark chocolate for me, a hint of sweet. Mm-hmm. It's been good all the way through. I I second that, and I also just want to again reiterate the fact that this isn't drying my mouth out or making it taste yucky. It's the oily sweetness. It's really. Really a great cigar. This one goes high on my list, I think. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. So we'll we'll finish it up. Any you wanna any closing <sighs> comments? Well, I suppose we should remind our listeners <clears throat> once again that if you are the first to ask us a legitimate question and we're not and we reserve the right to decide what a legitimate question is or not, but we'll we'll uh, we'll make good on that. If uh, somebody sends us a, le- a legitimate question, we send you a cigar. So Write us, comment, and we want to hear from you. Yeah, thanks for listening to Doug and Joe talk. We done? All right. Cut. <laughs> Cut. All right. Fun. That was an easy hour, Doug. I don't know about you. Gosh, that was just that was great. <laughs> we talked. The cigar was great. We didn't have to worry about it. We didn't have to fight yeah. it. I think the timer helped us, actually. I do, too. I think we should do that. 
as soon as the five minute beeps, just click it over and have it start. <clears throat> this really is a fantastic cigar, though. Man. It is. Camacho Ecuador. Infamous since 1960. Now, do you still have that on your phone? Uh, I, I want to find out. See, I think <coughs> something that surprised me that I didn't say was that. In general, when I've smoked cigars, I've found myself liking Dominican more than Nicaraguan. And Nicaraguan's the rage. But I think, I don't think this has Nicaraguan in it. I think it's Ecuadorian and Dominican. The smell in here is amazing. <clears throat> I'm getting a little bit of chipboard. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad, but. Yeah. Okay, let me see. Where's the description here? There's one kid that works at Malcolm Lumber. I love it when he waits on me. He's just always like, I'm like, okay, I need a really nice piece of plywood that has to be pretty on one side for my climbing wall, and then I need A, B, A, C, A, C, yeah. And he, he just knows, that. I'm like, no, I need just a, a shitty piece of something to build a wall in a basement that I don't care how ugly it looks, I'm just going to screw it somewhere and make a pl plywood wall. And he's like, oh, then you just want chipboard. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's what I want. <clears throat> okay, so it doesn't have a description on here. When I, when I Googled it, it came up, and I think it said... Dominican and Ecuadorian filler, but I'm not sure. This has an, has a four and a half star rating on this particular site on cigarsinternational.com. One of the one of the things you want to be careful of. In fact, I should I should say this when we're recording sometime is sometimes when you're looking at ratings, you got I really I don't trust like customer ratings <clears throat> very well. Mm -hmm. Like because something might be like you know it gets this really high rating, but it's a really crappy cigar, and that's fine. People can like what they want, but if ten people that like a crappy cigar comment, then it's, you know, know. Yeah. it gets a really high rating. Well, then you have to look at how many reviews something has, you know. Makes a difference. That's how I decided what pipe tobacco to buy. I went to Tobacco Reviews, which is a really fun site to go to, and I would, you can search, like, in, like a whole bunch of different ways, but what I would do is I would search for um, just a, like a Virginia, mm -hmm. and then pull up all the Virginias. Well, there'd be a whole bunch that had a five star rating, and one person, you know, submitted. But then you find one that's got four hundred reviews, yeah. and it's four, and like I would sort it that way, and just pick the the top ten that had four hundred, you know, had a hundred or more reviews. And I've loved almost. There's only been a couple that have disappointed me in pipe tobacco. This has. Three ninety plus ratings from Cigar Aficionado. Truly a sought-after gem. Time and time again, Camacho refuses to disappoint enthusiasts and beginners alike. Handmade premium cigars. Okay. Born in the foothills of Andes Mountain, premium medium to full-bodied smoke. Impressive Brazilian Mata Fina binder. Premium fillers from Dominican, Pelo de Oro Ligero, and Honduras. Oh, yeah, Honduras, okay, so Honduras but, and Dominican. But what really makes this South American beauty stand out is its extremely versatile, gorgeous Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Mm. Aromatic and elegant, you have to try the Ecuador, Camacho Ecuador for yourself. In terms of flavor, combination of pepper, citrus, and tangy floral. That's why it's smelling so good. Probably so. <clears throat> Notes come together in captivating crescendo. Ooh, and in a captivating crescendo. Whoa. This guy's good. <laughs> well, he's writing. Cigar is a pretty big deal. You gotta be. You gotta use fancy words if you work for them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> captivating crescendo to create a deliciously indulgent experience. Fill your humidor with the Camacho Ecuador cigars. Sit back and enjoy.
I agree. It's good. We'll have to get a five pack of these. Sometime. Yeah, this is this is a good one, huh? So yeah. <clears throat> it has a video review, but 103 reviews, 4.25 stars average. I and, and the other thing about reviews, and this is this is a place where you cigar aficionado like like they might say something's a good cigar even if it's not what I like. Which that tells me it's going to burn well, you know, it's going to be, it's it's yeah. not going to draw hard. Um, but finding like following the guy at Cigar Obsession, mm -hmm. in fact, I should probably send some kudos or creds or whatever you call it out to him because his palate matches most of the time. If he says something, he likes something, I like it. Yeah. I really want to keep smoking this, but I'm afraid that if I go much further, I'm going to start. You know, I'm going to jump the shark with it, so to speak. Well, mine's burning wonky, but I'm still trying to get a little more out of it. Something we should have talked about. Did you hear about the lawsuit? The Democratic Party, the DNC, has filed a lawsuit against Russia? <laughs> what? The RNC and Trump or something, they filed a lawsuit. Claim, RNC or claim, DNC? The DNC okay. has filed a lawsuit. Okay. Like, claiming that they rigged, that the election was rigged. That the, that the Russians and the RNC rigged wow. the election. Which is so funny because everybody knows. Everybody everybody that I've, I've heard commenting about this, like, uh, everybody knows that the DNC rigged their own primary to get Hillary in because Bernie was winning like crazy. And they rigged their own primaries. To get, and, okay, so there's like a process called discovery when there's ever a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know too much about it. You probably know more than me, but during discovery, the people who are being sued have a right to request documents. Request from the pro from the people from the people that, that it's okay. like kind of like you have a right to face your accuser type mm -hmm. of thing. They have a right to request documents. So already, lawyers are at work requesting documents like the DNC servers that you know with they have all these e emails and stuff. <laughs> they're all requesting. It's gonna get dropped, but they're but they're gonna probably choose a good choose their own judge and people so that it drags it out through the election. Yeah. Through the midterms? Yeah. Yeah, that just went out, so it decided right. for me. That was a fine cigar, Doug. Wow. Ah. Mm. Well done. Well done with that one. Yeah. Should That's we... been one of my favorites. All, yeah. all, all time, so far. Well, yours was, yours was getting back in there a little bit. Which, I don't know what that means, except that it was yeah, burning. You might have been drawn a little harder the yeah, last few draws. <clears throat> Boy, as far as a... That, that had just enough, enough kind of sweet to keep me interested. But it was just... And the earthy was... That's, that's probably my... That might be my favorite, like, earthy cigar. And as far as peppery goes, when I started, I had it all over my mouth. It wasn't mm -hmm. just on my lips. No. It wasn't just on my tongue. It was all, like, the roof of my mouth. I felt it all over. Nice tingle. Kind of made me know I was smoking something. But yeah. all in all, it was we'll definitely beautiful. remember that one. Beautiful. <clears throat> so. I also like the fact that we cut off at an hour and don't talk for another 30 minutes. Because yeah. then we have a chance to just kick back and... I agree. And I actually have time tonight. Tony's going to meet with the gal tonight, so I don't even have to have time. Well, I feel like I have an hour and a half every time I meet with you. That's kind of what I feel like. Yeah. And I, Tracy's pretty generous to let me hang out with you. and Whatever that means. I, th I, th I think I mean that in the right way. 
I know what you mean. Yeah. It's good. She's having kind of a kind of a rough day, but it's it's one of those days that doesn't surprise me because you know, when the house yeah. goes all the heck, I try not to worry about it. Yeah. Um it used to be that I worried about it more and now she worries about it. It's one of those things that's like I tell myself, I guess I just gotta let her figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to get over the fact that she has a resource in me that she doesn't use. And it's not a pride issue, it's just a, like, why not? <laughs> you know, I got, got over here, went over here for a specific reason. Why did I come over here? Was it closed? I can't remember. Anyway, maybe I just stood up to walk around. I don't know if you're into IPAs or beer in general. But I do like IPAs good, after a hot day, really. That's a really good one. Session. All day IPA. Yeah, you can. <clears throat> I don't smell a lot of citrus. It's really citrusy. Is you it? can. I mean, you should. You should take a couple or whatever. They're they're good. You know what? I don't think it would. I don't think it would ruin it. I might just. Pop you'll need. It. You'll need. Oh, it. okay. Go ahead. Do the honors. <laughs> okay. Multi tools got out. Do you like real hoppy like stuff? Yeah, generally speaking. This one's really clean. I think it's clean. Some IPAs give you that skunky skunk forever. This one seems to be real clean and it's bright and I mean if you read the little description uh, it says keeps your taste satisfied while keeping your senses sharp. An all day IPA naturally brewed, complex array of malts, grains, hops. Balanced for optimal aromatics and a clean finish, which I think they accomplish. That's the that's the fault I think of a lot of IPAs is they don't have a clean finish. I like this. I would prefer, I, and this is just yeah, what, I, what I think I expect. Like, I really like more. I like more citrus than I'm getting even. Mm-hmm. And it, or or the cigar is affecting it some. Um, <clears throat> there was one that I had the other day that was so citrusy that I just loved it. I don't. I'll never remember what it was, but. I wish I could remember what Tracy drank, and I didn't. I didn't care for it, but I got talking to Tim about sour beer a little bit. Mm. Um, it was a raspberry something. I don't think it was an ale. I don't remember what it was, but her her mom bought it, didn't like it, and this is the part of the story that was fun. It was corked, mm. so she corked. Her mom didn't like it. She tries like, oh, I like it. Just take it home. So they'd taken two or three drinks. She corks it. She brings it home the other night. Last night or the night before we were watching TV, and uh, she goes to pull the cork out, and she's just like, kapow! Really? <laughs> she's like, whoa! Is there a secondary fermentation there or I don't, I don't know. It was just crazy pressure. Yeah. Just, she just surprised us both. We got laughed, and then she, mm. she sipped on the rest of it, and I took another drink just to you know, just make sure I don't like it kind mm. of thing, and just like super sour, but it was like, you could really, it was like definitely a sour raspberry. You can, you can taste the raspberry, but it was, mm. uh, you know... Whatever it was is what it was, so it was fine. I've been I've been into just drinking tequila mixed with something lately. I forget to get tequila. I love tequila. I do too. And I've never I don't know I've I've not experimented with it a lot. Like I haven't I haven't tried a bunch of different ones or anything. But I really like it. Well, I like it better than like a whiskey. 
Honestly, like if I just had to pick one, I'd probably pick tequila. As a mixer, I like I like tequila. Like in mixed drinks, all mm-hmm. the way. I have an anejo, which I'll share with you someday. So keep store that in the back of your brain. Yeah. I have an anejo tequila, which is an aged tequila. I don't think I've ever told you this, but my friend Matt, I'm going to tell him what I don't hang out much with anymore. But this, I don't know, five seven years ago, I said he we were having this. He's like, oh, I'm going to give you a really good American whiskey. It's like, I'm going to bring you some really good scotch. And I went ahead and stuck my Anejo tequila in. I said, okay, before we drink any whiskey, I want you to try I want you to try this aged tequila. So I just poured him a sip. And he took a sip. He's like, that doesn't taste like tequila. That just tastes like a weird whiskey. <laughs> Which, that was a really good description <laughs> of an aged tequila. I thought, it's like, yeah, it does kind of taste like a weird whiskey. But um, it's uh, it's you can tell it's not whiskey, but it's like kind of tastes like whiskey, you know. It's like so. Uh, but and then he he brought me a like a single barrel. Was it Jack? Or, yeah, it was a single barrel Jack. And I'm like, wow, that's really good. And I let him try one of my single malts, whatever you want. But, <sighs> but yeah, I in fact Tracy made a slightly spicy dish the other night, and I forgot. But I I used to drink margaritas with. Spicy dishes because there's a there's a back. I don't know. It feels spicy on my tongue, but I don't know if it is spicy or if it's just a feeling. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not an alcohol burn, but there's like a this sense of spiciness. Mm-hmm. And with spicy food, it's really interesting together. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I always keep Jose Cuero for mixing, and I use almost always have I by eighteen hundred on a hook because I'm not into tequila. I'm not trying a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. I always keep that. So. I forget. <clears throat> I had one given to me by a buddy one time. It was, it's been a long time ago. I don't remember what it was, but man, it was good. <sighs> yeah. I bought a Padron, Sil- Padron Silver once because, because Padron's a cigar, Padron is a tequila. <laughs> um, uh, because I was in it. Me ranchies are one I used to eat there all the time. Yeah. And Phile found out it was my birthday. He's like, <laughs> he's like, no charge for you. This this is your. I found out it's your birthday, right? Yes. Okay, this is for you. And he brings me out this shot glass, which was two shots because it was like he filled it way. Good up. generous double. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> a lot of folks don't know it. If you take a normal shot glass and you fill it to the brim, it's like two shots. It oh, doesn't yeah. look like it because the second shot is yeah. only about that much. But but he uh, brought it out to me, and I was like, wow. And it was. It's it's been like I think the dual or triple um, distilled or something, but it's super smooth. And he and it was cold. He he served it cold, and it was just like. Hmm. And I, I took a sip to taste it, and then I then I went ahead and shot the rest of it. It's like wow, it just like mm-hmm. went down so smooth. And I don't think I would like that for mixing in a drink, but yeah. just for a shot. Like I this. I actually liked it neat. I mean. Tequila that I have drank. Okay. I mean, I've had some uh, some mixed drinks with it too, but I I like to take it neat if it's good if it's good tequila. Yeah. I in fact I like most of my booze like neat. liquor. Yeah, I just like to like it neat. Yeah. I, so, for some reason, and I think I probably started drinking, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, spirits. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, yeah, spirits. Tequila. Booze isn't the yeah, booze, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I started drinking tequila and. Uh, <laughs> I've I've just always liked it. Just Jose Cuervo is fine for me. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, generally, I like to drink uh, gin in the summer. Oh man, do I love like Bombay Sapphire or yeah, Hendrix gin. Oh, I have a secret to tell you. 
<laughs> what kind of secret? <laughs> okay, so two two things. Two, it's two, it's it's two sided here. So um, I buy, I keep Bombay for my wife because she likes gin and tonic. And I, went, I usually go buy some tonic. And she doesn't actually care. Like, if I make a gin and tonic and I screw the lid on and a week later, it's kind of lost its fizz. It still tastes like tonic. Yeah, right. So it's, she's still okay with it to make a gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. So it's, even the little bottles, you get like, I don't know, three, four gin and tonics mm-hmm. out of it. But, um, and she loves them. So I sometimes make them just to be, just to be nice. And, mm-hmm. and now, and, and anyway, but, uh, so I thought, okay, I'm going to make her a drink. But I'm going to try to fool her because I have aromatic bitters. So I'm like, I'm going to use this Tito's vodka and make her a gin and tonic, but use Tito's vodka and aromatic bitters. Mm-hmm. She thought it was a gin and tonic. I'm like, and I told her. That's I told interesting. Her. I, I should try that sometime. Too. Yeah. And so, so then the second part of the story is I'm going to the store and I'm like, this little bottle of Bombay costs as much as this big bottle of cheap gin. It's like, I wonder if I bought her the cheap gin and didn't tell her. That's scary though. Sometimes cheap gin is so. Yeah, but uh, okay. Okay, I'm, I'm going to try it and see what she thinks. Because So I buy this big <laughs> plastic bottle, and yeah. I pour it in the Bombay bottle, stick it in the cabinet, and I make her jam tonic. I don't, I don't but you use the aromatic bitters, too. I didn't use the aromatic oh, bitters. Okay. No, I just use the gin and the tonic. Okay. And with the, and all I do is gin and tonic, whatever the measurements are. Mm-hmm. And I make her the, I give her the light shots, because she actually likes, sure. the, she likes the one-ounce shot. The normal shot's one and a half. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, one shot and one shot of... Gin, two shots of, of coin, whatever, coin, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I just oh, tonic, yeah. um, and sh- and a squeeze a squeeze a lime, and she loved it, and it's like okay, I'm just I'll just keep buying the cheap cheap gin, she doesn't care. I should I should watch the brand because if I switch brands, I might get a crappy one. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised that the vodka with aromatic bitters tasted. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought it tasted <laughs> the same too. Like I'm like I'm it's like this tastes just like gin. That's really interesting. So and different gins are so different. I mean, so different. Really? See, I've tasted a really high-end gin that my Bill Benson, my liquor buddy, mm-hmm. scotch buddy, helped me uh, serve to me once. But it was in like a, it was like a crock. It was a bottle, but it wasn't glass. It was like huh. whatever uh, clay, like ceramic. Thing yeah, thing. something like that. And it and it's it's like the only one he buys because he knows what's the best. Of, of course he does. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> But it was like, I'm like, whoa. And I, I agreed with him. I'm like, that's like, huh. about the best gin I ever tried. But I like Bombay. Bombay's awesome. Yeah. Bombay's great. Although, I will concede that. And I, I wonder if it was a certain type of Hendrix. Because Hendrix comes in a round. It's I think the bottle I have is glass, but it's brown, dark brown glass. And it's like a little short, squatty, round really? bottle cork. But <clears throat> it is, or Hendrix is head and shoulders above Bombay. Okay, I might try it next time. But it's expensive. It's like thirty-six dollars for a little bit. Well, it's like it's like anything else. Uh-huh. Like, smoke less cigars, but buy better ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, you know, and I, I stick by that. I've I've not been disappointed. I mean, whether yeah. it's shoes, whether it's yeah. cigars, man, you, you can't you can't do that with that. You can't buy premium everything unless you're really rich. But right. gosh, the few things you got that right. I wonder though too. Back to the tequila. Mm-hmm. It's just agave, right? Yep. I could try to make tequila. Mm. Just use agave nectar or agave syrup or something as my sugar. Is that how you do it? I wonder oh, if they oh, use wow, pure agave. I wonder if you can just use syrup, agave syrup. I suppose you could. <clears throat> huh. 
I might do a little digging on that because I was gonna do. I'm gonna do a run of something pretty soon because okay. it's summer. Yeah, I gotta try do tequila. Really. I love tequila. I should try to make some. In tequila. fact, I'll even. I mean, I'll. You know, it's a, no, that doesn't work. Yeah, okay, 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 whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I would be. I should do that. That would be great. The runs I've done before have just been just basically vodka. They've just been clear and neutral. But, but I should make try to make something good. Did something you do vodka? Did you potato? No, I just use sugar. Oh, okay. I don't. What, what is it if you just use if you use cane sugar? What what is that? That's what I made. It is it rum? No, it sure didn't taste like rum. Okay, it tastes just like vodka. I mean, kind of <clears throat> a weird vodka. Almost had like a banana note to it. Because rum is one of what's made from sugar cane. Rum. Rum's made from sugar cane. Yeah. But is it made from sugar or from sugar cane? I think there's cane. It's okay. got. It's got to be. It's got to be made from sugar cane. There's something else. There's a weird. There's a the foreign exchange student's father, uh, the guy from Portugal, Brazil, Portugal, anyway, somewhere over there, um, brought this thing called cachaça, and it basically it. I thought it tasted like a burnt banana rum. Is kind of what it tasted like. It had a burnt taste to it, but he hmm. when I researched it, and I can't really make it better. It's similar to rum, except it's not made with sugar cane. It's like made from like molasses, something else, like an extraction from sugar cane huh. or something. But they, but it's done different, and I actually didn't like it. Um, but it was interesting. It's like I oops. wonder if it was made from molasses, like blackstrap molasses. Might have been because it, it could have been based on how it, it tasted. Yeah, how it burnt. Yeah, kind of just like boiled down. Yeah. They had the. I have some. I'll share some of that with you sometime too. They had. I t- I've told you this probably a hundred times, but in Rwanda they had this bonza. Was it like a banana whiskey? It was <laughs> horrific. It was horrific. Horrible. Not good. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. Terrible stuff. I I don't like banana much. I, I like real bananas. I don't like banana flavored anything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this stuff was made with real bananas, but just. Not good. You know, sometimes banana has sort of this. It reminds me of certain types, like tuoline or some chemicals we would use painting. Oh, it's got yeah. that sort of like heavy, almost like a chemical hemi- fume, we'll call it, like a heavy fume. I cannot stand that. But It's funny you say that, because there are some <clears throat> like completely natural things I've smelled that yeah. smell chemically. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I heard tell you when I burnt myself with that. Uh, Burnt my lungs a little bit with uh, the that, this isn't right, but citronella is the only thing I can say. But it's no, it was limoline, I think. It was like a bug spray Ooh. that's all natural, but it was like this super mega potent <laughs> all natural extraction. <clears throat> okay, I think it's limoline, but limoline. Um, I might be wrong. I'm close. I'm close. I'm thinking of one that's called something else. Uh, oh, I'm not. But but I basically, I wasn't paying attention, and I inhaled when I was spraying it. I was just breathing, and I sprayed it, but it was like, it got, like, it went in, and I was like, oh, and it That's was not like, good for you. no, it burnt, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I felt it for probably three days, like, what there there was a damage done that took a few days to go away, my throat burned, my lungs felt weird, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's, and that's... What some of those insecticide type of things, the the kind that you like put on your clothes and let it dry, and it's supposed to repel bugs for a long time. That's what it does; is it attacks the respiratory system of the insects. So, I wonder if that's what you got. Sure. Permethrin. 
I'm thinking of permethrin. That's that wasn't that wasn't okay. the word that I remember, but <clears throat> anyway, it was pretty crazy. Hmm. So yeah, that's that's not right. Wow. I was thinking about that too. <laughs> was that a tired sound? Oh, good. It's good. Okay. Good. okay. I was thinking about that the other day. You know, like <clears throat> everything we use, natural or not natural. As a pesticide, insecticide, herbicide, whatever, is to disrupt natural systems. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, just the volume of, of disruptors. It's kind of creepy to think about, you know? It can't be good. Why don't we just let stuff work together like it's supposed to? Well, I'm as guilty as anybody, but... But, uh, but even then, isn't, isn't that kind of part of who we are as people, where we are, where... We want to make our world, quote, better, whatever that means. <clears throat> do we want to make it prettier? Do we want to make it healthier? Do we want to make it cleaner? What are, you know? Try to find a balance. Yeah, I mean, we're clearing, we clear out weeds so that we can live and have a yard, but if we let, you know, yeah. it gets... Well, and, you know, it comes always down to, like, what we want adjusted what we really probably ought to adjust first is our expectation. Like, what does a nice yard look like? Does it look like manicure? You know, does that is that what we're supposed to like? If the case, then we're not doing too bad. But maybe what we ought to just what we ought to really love is like a forest. You know, maybe I I like that, and I know this. I know this, and, and my wife doesn't like this about me as much. I like structure and order, and she thinks I'm a control freak, and I, that's not exactly what it is, but I like to look at something and say, let's let's make that what, what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's becoming more we than me, which is which is better. You know, I'm old, I need to be, I have a family, I need to be thinking more that way. But I've only been married seven years, so, you know. <laughs> You've been married, what, twice as long as I have? This is my 16th year. Okay, yeah, um, yeah more than twice, so... You know, why am I putting a screen door on my house? <laughs> Some things are nice. Yeah. It, it is nice to work hard. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. We're, we're at a point right now where we just, I think I told you some of this, we spent under 5000 on Tracy's teeth. Yeah. And I guess I felt I felt good about telling her, yeah, get your teeth done. We'll, we'll figure it out. And now it's like, now we're figuring out. But on the other hand, I just rented an apartment for three months for $1,000. So that's, you know. You got the temp guy in. Yeah. Sweet. But we're trying to decide. Wait. So you'll, you'll be excited about to hear this. We've been talking about, okay, should we leave that a massage office for Tracy? And I can move my computer up there and make it an office for me. And if I can rent it for a week, for $700 a week to just somebody. Just move out and let them do it. Yeah. Or maybe not move out. I mean, maybe... Leave the, if if we had two computers, I could just leave the computer because so it because it's a separate internet up there. Okay, you know, could I could that be just be part of the point? Move her massage office out if I rent it for seven hundred dollars, and you know, <clears throat> so I don't. It's it's risky. I'm scared to take a risk now because we're tight. Like I want to get the cash flow up before we take any more risk. Like I'd rather buy a property, and so <clears throat> trying to figure out. But now that I spent that money, we don't have the down payment. But it's like, should I borrow the down payment? Yeah. If I had to borrow twenty grand to buy 
$100,000 property? Is that so bad? It always comes down to cash flow. Yeah. <clears throat> you get it to cash flow, and that's what you want to do. Tony raised an interesting point today. I just, I just called her briefly on my way here, and she, uh, they were, ta- somebody was talking to somebody, I don't even know what, but about building townhouses or building duplexes. I think, I think one might be surprised at, okay, so if you, let's say you built a duplex or a triplex, got a cheap lot, built a triplex, if it was new, you could get pretty good rent for that, right? I mean, like, really good rent, right? It might be a better return than buying a cheaper place with cheaper apartments. Is it? Have you ever done the math on that? It, I I think it depends, and there, there's a guy that's doing it in town. Well, Alan, uh, Alan Ben Wardheisen, he's been doing that, hasn't he? Back I don't know Alan. him. I know that Bo- Bowie's been doing it. Okay. Um, in fact, I talked a little bit to her. They also, well, they mean she, officially. On paper, she bought the hardware store. Okay. But her husband is the one that's putting up all these, all these. You see Bowie construction around, yeah. putting up all these duplexes. They're buying mm-hmm. properties that... <coughs> the Crap city, lots. Yeah. And tearing the place down, putting up new properties. Nice ones, yeah. Because so, it sounds like housing's pretty tight in Oski. Is that true? I mean, is it... According to a guy that I trust, he's a he's a numbers geek guy that's running kind of the housing department. Mm-hmm. He's kind of sort of in charge of the rental stuff. He basically did a report and said um, upper to middle income people don't have places to live. So there aren't enough nice houses. So, you know, that was part of the, we want to improve the rental property, you know, whatever that means. And, and But they're trying to get more of those nice houses in and, and get that done. And so I think his numbers are probably accurate hmm. that... The, the people are coming in for whatever reason to Oskaloosa yeah. and they can't get a house as nice as they want. Maybe you should just shoot for the moon, man. Like, do some Maybe. get up in the high end stuff. <laughs> you know? Gosh, I mean, it's kind yeah, of it sounds tempting, doesn't it? To get yeah. into something like that. I mean, well, it would take money. So, what, what do we do? Yeah. Three, three people borrowing 50000 a piece. Is that what you, is that how you do? And you got 150000 Is that what we, That's you, cool. me, and Brian, uh, try to work it together? Be worth looking at. I mean, if we borrowed one hundred, if we borrowed one hundred fifty thousand, you guys would get most of it for labor <laughs> paid back to you, kinda, you know. So, yeah. And then, then I'd have to manage the property for a few. I don't know though, but because like, I mean, that sounds great, but mm-hmm. I think with your, as you run your property business and get a business history with it, would it be hard to get the money, like a construction loan, to do that? Um, or beyond what you're, the risk that you're willing to take? Because it sounds like you could rent it easy. But. Well, here, here's the thing. It's 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 time, because it's 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 debt-to-value ratio right. is what the banker's, banker's going to look at. Yeah. And <clears throat> they're willing to take some risk, yeah. and so are you. But if you get three properties, and then you want to buy another one, your, your debt's higher, but so is your income. Mm-hmm. And so... The, it starts to level out at a certain point where the bank will be like, you've got five properties and you want to borrow 100000 Okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you're paying it off. You're paying it back. Your debt's not too high. You've got renters in. You've paid right. off one property. I mean, and I, I do think the key is is to live lean on mm-hmm. the first one and then just sure. start living less lean as it goes up mm-hmm. because if you can pay the first one off faster, then, I mean, you just, you get on the other side of cash flow. It's like... Yeah. 
That's where you gotta be. It doesn't matter how much debt you have. It matters how much is coming in every month. If I hadn't quit my job, you know, that property, I mean, geez, I, I thought I only paid twenty five for it. I think I paid more than that because I was looking at the numbers the other day. I think I paid like thirty something. But, um, but even at that, you know, if I could take all the twelve hundred a month, yeah, you know, for a year, that's what fourteen. Fourteen thousand, you give or take fourteen thousand dollars. That's mm-hmm. half. A, that's half a thirty thousand dollar loan. Yeah. But I'm only paying two hundred. You know. Yeah. But anyway, <sighs> I gotta. I told myself I'm not buying a pro. I, this is kind of why I quit. Sort. I don't want to call Bob Wall because money's tight. I just want to call him. Maybe I should. Maybe God's telling me to. But I want to get it inspected and passed. Once it. Once I can get. George taken care of, get his apartment nice, get a nurse in there, get it to pass inspection, and it's like, take a breath, okay, whatever money I have left, figure it out and find another property. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm just, I don't yeah, I think see. I can take the stress. No, I, I agree with you there, because you, it's a big unknown, it's a yeah. big unknown number of what it's going to take to get that done. It, it took a lot of weight off my back, just getting the inspector to come in, yeah. and uh, so, I mean, you could just tell, he's like... He is wanting to put some pressure on me, but he, at the same time, he's like, you've got an old fart that's lived there 25 years, and he has roaches, and, you know, and he's sloppy, and so and he's got a dog piece on the floor, so, you know, he knows what the, yeah, I don't just want to kick him out on the street. Dude, so, <clears throat> we're, we're roofing right now for Howe, Steve Howe. You know, I should Steve know who that is. Yeah, is it his house or a rental? He, it's a rental house, but he owns it. Okay. And he, ha- I'm gonna, I don't know how many rentals does he have, do you know? I didn't know he had any. He's a pastor. Yeah, he's a yeah. pastor of Lifehouse. Mm-hmm. And Debbie Howe, his wife is in charge of Love Inc., right? <clears throat> yeah. I'm real, I think he's got, he must, he must have more than one rental. I'm, I'm assuming this, okay. but I don't know. And it's a pretty decent little house on North 2nd. I'm wondering what his take is on, I mean, it seems like a funny culmination because he's a landlord and a pastor and his wife's, in, you know, managing Love, Inc., which deals with sort of like a lot of these low-income type people. I wonder what his take is on all this that's going on. Do you know? I can't tell you his take, but I can tell you, in general, people with rentals in Oski want to sell them. Really? Because rental inspections pain in the ass. Right. But for the person that wants to deal with the pain in the ass, the the hard part's the unknown. You know, now that I've got met the inspector face to face it's a little easier but you know I there's a a lot of people that have rentals it's easier to have a single family dwelling but it it doesn't cash flow near as much as when you when you find a house that's either already a triple you know three units or you can cut it into three units so you know knowing 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 Brian I'd you know I'd almost be safe looking at a house and you know calling you or Brian and saying you know what's to chop this up into three apartments. You can do it. So we could totally do it. Yeah. I hope Alan is it Alan that bought the one up in New Shannon? You know what? I told you that. The sign still is up for sale. There's no okay. sale pending or no force no sold or anything. Oh maybe he didn't. Okay. So something must not because it they would have they would have moved that for sure. Well I might ought to call on it. Just, yeah. Um I, it, there's things about it that scare me and I wouldn't I should look at it even if I'm not going to buy it because I know it'll. I should look at it, and I. I just should because three three apartments. I mean, if I didn't rent the business at all, 
you'd think. I mean, it's New Sharon, so it makes me a little nervous because I think Reynolds easier down this area. But Gosh. but there's really not any nice places to rent. If I mean, and I'm assuming, and this is maybe not what you mm-hmm. would do, but if I owned that building, I would gut it out mm-hmm. and redo the apartments. Do four apartments in the upstairs instead okay. of three. Okay. Because it's is it big? It's pretty big, okay. and it's pretty old. It's okay. pretty. I mean, it like it looks. You walk in there, and it look, looks like the last time it was remodeled was probably in the sixties. At yeah. some point, it's pretty bad. <laughs> well, and, and part of part of the reason none of that bothers me too much is because yeah. you can always. It's easy to make something look pretty if it's old. It's not easy to make, you know, a moldy, rotting, leaking yeah. roof place. But if it's if it's structurally sound, that one does yeah. have some roof issues. They had the roof replaced not long ago, mm-hmm. but I think there's still a couple places. It's something's going. I don't know what it, he he okay. mentioned it. Jason knows. He, okay, he does know. He'll tell you. Okay. He told us. Good. But yeah, I mean, if you could, if you would gut that upstairs, because it's a it's the way those buildings are standing. There's not a wall in it that can't be removed. Okay. So you could you could just okay. in a matter of a month, maybe two, you could. To- just totally rebuild the upstairs. Make them premium apartments right on the square in New Sharon, you know. I mean, demand's going to be different than here, but yeah. if they were nice, you know, you, you have a better, I think you have a better chance of selling. Yeah, it would I, take some money. Yeah, well, and here's the thing, though. I mean, I, I think you probably know this, but, I mean, if you if you spend 100000 and so buy it for fifty, put fifty into it, the your payment, which is probably going to be 1000 a, a month, you know, it's at one percent. One percent of your loan is a ballpark estimate. So, borrow a hundred thousand. You know, I might put twenty thousand down or whatever, but borrow it or borrow a hundred thousand. You're only paying a thousand a month. That's three apartments. You five hundred minimum. Mm-hmm. You know, you're making fifteen hundred. I mean, that's at least paying your you know paying your payment, maybe more. Yeah. But you got a little bit of wiggle room to. But if you the thing is, if you redo it, there isn't like you're not going to have to fix a lot. You know, and then it's been okay. Now I got fifteen hundred coming in and a thousand dollar payment. Now what can I do with the business? Now mm-hmm. do I need to remodel it? Yeah. Um, some of it just and when you talk about it, it's way easier than when you do it. But that's like any, <laughs> that's like anything. Yeah. That's a you know. principle of the universe. Yeah, and, and I don't know if Tracy will ever understand this, but like when I bought this place, like you know, I was paying what two and a half times the mortgage, which is why we got so far ahead. Yeah, and. You don't have to do that, but it's putting that money right in your pocket, kind of. You know, you get that thing paid off. Yeah. Did you buy this place during the housing bubble? Was it really high? I I, I don't know because I can't tell you. I can tell you I've had it about fifteen, seventeen, fifteen to seventeen years. I think. You might have been a little on the front side of it, maybe. But I, I paid too much for it. But at the time, I'm like, I was I didn't know what I was doing. It's just like, I'm living it. I'm, why not buy it? I'm, yeah. All I looked at is, I can make this much, so so what? Yeah. If I over overpaid, I think I paid 95 for it. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, but, you know, I, gosh, I probably should have been able to get it for 75, 80 maybe. I, but whatever. You know, at that, you know, you don't worry about it too. And then again, somebody else might have bought it. So, uh, you had reason to want to buy it. Yeah, I did, and and that's different than now. Now I'm now I'm a little more picky, and I think I'm a little smarter. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, 
experience is with teachers. Right? Well, and if we the thing is, if we move out of there, if we get some cash flow that we could use just for lifestyle improvement, we've got a. I uh, might be able to get seven fifty out of the department. Maybe not, but you know, seven or fifty dollar apartment. So that's seven or fifty more dollars if we just move out into something else. Yeah. So which you could. I think you could buy a house and have a payment less than seven hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. Um, and what we would like that the idea of building here, I think, is a perfect idea, but we just have to get the cash flow up. Well, I think you're gonna want more space, man. Maybe. Well, here's the thing. I don't know what she. We have a friend that um, does some interior design, and she has one of those home design programs. She designed some stuff, mm-hmm. a small house, and Tracy's into that. I don't. I think after two years, Tracy won't like living in a small house. I would tend to agree, <laughs> but. So what do you do, you know? Um, because I think it's a good investment if we could move out of there. And, and the other thing I think I've told you, she really wants a private residence. She's getting a little, like, she's kind of starting to resolve herself that she likes living there. But moving to a separate private residence is probably a good idea somewhere, whether mm-hmm. it's build here or... I think you really enjoy that. And yeah, I, I do think too. she would, too. Well, and so what if we build here and two years later we say, oh, we want something different? Yeah, as long as you can make it happen. Yeah, well... Don't put yourself in a position where you can't do it. Yeah, well, and I I think... Well, and here's the thing, though. Because you could rent this out there, right? Right, that's the point. If if we can get $750 out of that, that'll just about pay the payment on this. Now, we still have the debt, but that would pay the payment. Mm -hmm. But we'd be... You know, we'd be... Lifestyle would go up. um, You know, so... We're looking. We're... I, yeah. Yeah, and I, I got a three hundred dollar cigar cart that I'm probably not going to buy for another <laughs> year. Yeah. Darn it! Um, I can fill a whole other humidor, but I do feel good that my humidor is getting like going down. Like, <laughs> it's, it's we're, like we're smoking some cigars. Right. I if I dude, just tell me how much I need. To, oh yeah, cigars oh, too. I, I keep forgetting it's under thirty bucks. Uh, like I was thinking it was twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah. I don't know if you you want to give me yeah. thirty bucks or. Uh, Next time I see whatever you got, thirty bucks, twenty five, thirty somewhere in there. I don't want cash That'll cover those uh, that Camacho collection and, and investment cool. in your this business. This has been a good Camacho. I think we should Camacho. do the triple Maduro next time, good or bad. I think okay. we should. I think we should do that one. How next many time. more of these do we have left? One. We got the yellow, the red, the black. Is there another one? The yellow and the red. One's a Criollo and one's a Corojo. I want to save those two for last. It seems like there might be another. That I'm forgetting, but I can't remember. There's at least there's at least three. Okay, cool. So, um, I was I was almost I was almost mad when I found that other collection. The other this this other collection wasn't as cheap as we got these, but um, I don't think. Yeah, anyway. but there were more cigars. Yeah, there were there was uh, more variety. Like we would have had to each spend fifty dollars to get this mm-hmm. this collection instead of thirty dollars. But um, just. There's something about Ken. I know I like Candela's, so when I saw that green one, <laughs> it's like, and they had like two or three others in it that I wasn't part of this collection. It's like, oh, darn, you know. But whatever. You know, you can't, that, that's the thing about the internet. It's like, oh, I can find the perfect, oh, here gosh. it is, it's perfect, and then, no, you find this other one. That, <laughs> it's like, it drives me nuts. choices. Yeah. So. Oh, I knew I should go, dude. I forgot yeah. I have to go to Pellis, though. I have to go to Tyson's. Look for something for my son's birthday. <clears throat> Gonna get him a BMX helmet, like a, like a half face sort of motocross style. Mm. There's a 
$65 knife on Amazon that I won't use, but I want. Uh, 1095 carbon steel. Um, it's actually, I think, made by a knife maker, but he's but he made a lot of them and he's selling them on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And uh, golly, it's that's like perfect knife steel. Fixed or folder? It's fixed, and I don't have a fixed knife. Um, and I just the the thing is, it's pure luxury. It's like okay. I don't need it. Like I wouldn't carry it probably regularly if I went camping. Like once every three years, I'd carry it. So it's one of those I don't need it things. But it's kind of pretty. But you want another one of these? Really beautiful. Yeah, I think I will. Thank you. I'll, I'll take one more. Later. Just yeah, said there. I'll take it in here in a minute when I go in. So, well, this was good. I'll this was a good time, Doug. See if I'm smart enough to get that uploaded. Now that I can do it, yeah, I love. Any problems with that? Or? No, and I love this recorder because it it converts it, yeah, and then it pops nice. it up online, and I just get online, and then I can upload it. So. That's really nice because when I was doing them, mine doesn't. Mine. Ref records in like AAC or MP4 or mm -hmm. something like that and I was having to import it into iTunes, create an MP3 version of the file and then upload that. So it was, I mean it wasn't like super bad but it did take an extra 10 or 15 minutes to let all that happen. I will ask you something and you might be smarter to figure this out. If there is in WordPress, if there's a way that there's like a link, like an upload link there's a place in this program where if I type the link in, all I have to do is like push a button, and it'll it'll go right into WordPress okay. instead of actually uploading a file. And I, I fiddled around with it, like I tried a link that didn't work. Okay. But you, with WordPress, there is a billion users out there, mm -hmm. and there's forums and stuff. So if you have a okay. question, you okay. can generally work. I'll like, how do I do such and such in WordPress? Okay. And usually. In 15 minutes, you can find that. I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, and I will get that. I still got reminders going off all the time to yeah. get our podcast feed on iTunes. Okay. That's going to be the next thing, which that will get us re listenership. Okay. Awesome. All right, dude. We'll have a good one. All right, you too. See you around. <clears throat>